This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. title today is God is Love. I'm going to tell you there's such, though, a confusion because of how the world has twisted and manipulated and corrupted the word love, okay? Because there's a big difference between human love and God's love, and that's where we got to get back to because we can't go out there and love with the love of God, if we don't have a revelation in here of God's love. And that's where I'm telling you, I believe, see, God has been bringing us back and pulling us back because it's going to take God's love, see, to change your life and my life and to win the world. Only by God's love. It ain't going to be no human love. It's going to have to be God's love. So how do we define love? God is love. How do we define it? Well, let me just give you one definition uh, that I found in the American Heritage Dictionary, which kind of basically is about all of the definitions in the, in the dictionary, okay, of what the world, of what they believe human love is. It defines love as an intense affection for another person based on familiar or personal ties. So often this means that it's uh, an intense affection, uh, intense affection, which usually stems from intimacy or being intimate or having an intimate attraction for another person. But we love other people because we say, oh, they make me feel good, they're nice to me, they're, you know, they're wonderful, they take good care of me. But now listen, the key phrase in the definition about love is... It says, based on, based on. This implies, why? That love is conditional. See, it said based on is the definition. Based on. See, because it's all based on a feeling in the natural sense, human love. This phrase implies that love is conditional. See, so that's total the opposite of God's love. And in other words, see, we love someone because they fulfill a condition or they do everything right or they do what we think they should do. That's how we define love, okay? That's the natural human definition, that if, when, they've refu- when they fulfill that requirement, then we love them or because they did something for us. They're taking good care of me. They're cute. They're handsome, you know? Really, that's what human love is. It's based on feelings and emotions and attraction. That's what human love is. I've heard some people say, oh, I just love them just because they're fun to be with. It's true. That's what a human love is. But see, our love is not only conditional, but it's mercurial, which means that our feelings and our emotions and our love humanly can change just like that. From one moment to the next. I can love you one moment and hate you the next. I can love you today and hate you tomorrow. That's also what human love does. That's why the divorce rate 
is so high, not only in the world, but in the church. Because, see, what we're told in the church, what you'll, I mean, in the world, is you'll hear, well, I fell out of love. See, because what's that based on? A feeling and emotion. So when we're at the altar and we said, till death do us part, really what the world has now said is when my love dies for you, not physical death, which was meant in the vows, but when my love dies for you, then it's over. Or when I feel like you're not meeting my needs anymore, or maybe you don't look like you did when we first met and I found something better. It's all based on emotions. They get a rough patch, and instead of working through it and trusting God, but see, without God or the revelation, see, then we're all based on feeling and emotions. But now listen, let me tell you, don't get in condemnation, okay, if you've been divorced, because there is another person, okay, and God knows that too. We all get to make a choice. So sometimes maybe you had a choice you wanted to do better, you wanted it to work, but if that other person chooses one, they don't want God. So there's lots of circumstances for divorce, okay? One, they choose, I don't want God, I want something else, or I don't want him at all. Or they choose, hey, I want somebody else, okay? Or I'm deciding I'm going to do my own thing. I don't want to do it with you anymore. Well, so you can't choose for others. So when someone else makes a choice, unless God tells you to stay... Sometimes you've got to let them go. Because if all they're going to do is pull you down and pull you back and they're out doing their own thing, I also believe this, and this may not be, quote, churchy, but I don't believe God made you to be a rug. Male or female. Okay, don't always think it's just a female. Men are also can be abused in a relationship too. Verbally and physically, Okay. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes God tells you, you need to move on, okay? It didn't, didn't also make you to be a rug just to sit there while some, the other person runs out, runs all over, runs around with everybody, and you're supposed to be at home and just do the woman thing, okay? That's not God neither, okay? So seek God. But if God tells you to stay, then God can do a miracle, okay? But he also tells you, if he tells you to go on, then guess what? God is a God of second chances, God can restore if you've been divorced or separated or had 20 bad relationships. Guess what? If you wait on God and seek him, God said, I can. If you want a godly man, God can bring him. But you've got to quit trying to do it on your own. You've got to quit trying to go by your feelings. Well, I just need somebody now. No, you don't. If he ain't the right one or she ain't the right one, no, you don't need him right now. Wait on God. It'll save you a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache, cost you physically, financially, emotionally. So just wait. But God is a God of restoration. God can make it better than ever before. Because God can put his super on your natural. No matter how much you think your life is messed up or they messed you up or whatever, guess what? God can heal you, make you whole, and put you together with somebody else that's whole. And together the two of you can live a good life. Amen? But can we really comprehend this unconditional love? No, we really can't. We really can't. Our human mind cannot. The closest, closest 
but it's not. It still ain't there. But the closest to God's love would be, I believe, with a parent and a child. Because, see, it's even different with, with, a, with a mate or a sibling. There's something about when you have a child, that love is the closest, see, to God's love. So whether they mess up or screw up or how bad they do, you know, even when they're unlovable, okay, or even when they're all out there, you still love them. You may have to love them from afar, but we still love them because they're your children. They're your child. Okay, so that's the closest, but it's still not like God's love, but it is the closest. And I'll tell you, though, without God's love, it is impossible for us to even love correctly. You cannot, because you can't even fathom in your mind how deep and how wide God's love is if you don't have a relationship with Him. But we make a choice to love our children even when they're not lovable, whether we feel it or not. Okay, that's similar to God's love for us. But as we shall see, God's love transcends the human definition. It, it, it goes beyond. And we can't comprehend it. We only get a little, little taste of it. And for some people, they haven't even gotten a little bit. But we need to get a whole lot more of the revelation of God's love. So how do we define that God is love? Well, in 1 John 4, 8, it told us that but we can even... In 1 John 4, 8, we're going to go there in a little bit, but, uh, but how can we even begin to understand that truth? There's a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about God's love. And sometimes I think we just read them. God is love. It's a nice little thing. God is love. God is love. But I'm going to tell you, it's a lot more than that. It's very, very, very much more than that. Especially the most favorite one would be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So one way God defines love is in an act of giving, okay, that God gave. But what we should say is not what he gave, it's who he gave. Who? He gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed. It wasn't a little package wrapped up nice and pretty. It was his son. He gave his only begotten son. His only son that we who would put our faith in him would spend eternity. If we didn't uh, uh, put our faith in him, then we, we would have been separated. But God sent his son so we would not be separated from his love. This is what you call an amazing love, just undescribable. But yet God, who mended the separation through his intense personal sacrifice, and all we have to do is accept it. Think about that. It's that simple. To get this revelation of God's love, all we got to do is make a choice. We accept to either serve God or to not serve God, to receive his love or to not receive his love. It's that simple. Another great verse is found in Romans 5, 8 in the Amplified. And they can put that up there. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now listen, in this verse and also back in John three sixteen, you will find no conditions. Not one. Not one condition about God's love for us. God doesn't say, as soon as you clean up your act, I'll love you. As soon as you act perfect, I'll love you. As soon as you look good, I'll love you. As soon as you be sweet, I'll love you. 
Soon as you get rid of the cigarettes, I'll love you. Soon as you get rid of the alcohol, I'll love you. Soon as you get rid of the drugs, I'll love you. Soon as you get rid of all your addictions, I'll love you. Soon as you get perfect, I'll love you. No, he doesn't put conditions on that. He sacrificed his son for us while we were yet sinners. Before we even knew we had a need of God, he gave his son and he loved us. So God didn't put conditions on his love. He wanted us to know how much he loved us. That's why he sent his son. Because in Romans 5, 8, it's just the opposite. God wanted us to know his love was unconditional. That's why he sent his son, even when we were unlovable. We didn't have to get clean. We didn't have to make a promise to God before we could experience his love. We just had to make a choice to accept him, believe him, and receive him. His love for us has always existed, and because of that, he did all the giving and all the sacrificing long before we were ever aware of the need of it. He gave it all. He, did all. he didn't say, okay, well, you give me this and I'll give you that. You give me this, you know, that's what the world teaches too. Well, you give me this in a relationship, I'll give you that. You know, if you do this and I'll do that for you. Okay, you stay out of my business, I'll stay out of yours, we'll just live together and, you know, play house. Okay, no, God said, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you my love. Regardless of whether you want it or you ever receive it, I'm still going to love you. Because it's unconditional. God is love, but his love is very different from human love. See, that's why if we don't have a revelation of God's love and we're trying to walk in human love, it's why we get all messed up, twisted up, and upside down. Turned around and why we can't last in relationships and we can't last in marriages and we just have, because we're trying to walk in the human love instead of God's love. Because God's love is unconditional and it's not based on feelings or emotions. Thank God. Because I'm sure every day God would have to just unlove us because of all of our mess-ups and screw-ups and every time, oh, God, I'm going to serve you when you do this, and he does it, and then we go back doing our own thing. Then we get in trouble, and we run back home to God again. Oh, my God, thank God he didn't say, forget this, okay? We're not going to play this no more. No, he keeps on loving, you know, regardless of our foolishness. But he's also hoping and praying, though, that you don't get too far out there, that you open up a big old wide door for the devil that he can't do nothing about because we chose to go down that road. But his love is unconditional, and it's not based on feelings. He doesn't love us because of what we can do for him or what we do right. He loves us because he loves us, because he is love. He created us to have a loving relationship with him. That's why when people are not with God and walking with God, why they cannot see this kind of love and why they're empty and why they're searching and all the time, whether it be for finances or in relationships or in money or drugs or whatever, because what they're doing is they're trying to fill a God-created void where God put in there for us to naturally have a relationship with him and have a loving one. And when we don't have that, see, then we're trying to fill that with everything and everyone else, and it'll never happen without the love of God. He's the only one because he created us 
to have that, to have a loving relationship with him. He sacrificed his own son. Now listen, but Jesus was willing. He was willing to be sacrificed for you and for me because of his love for the Father and his love for us. So how could we define that God is love? When the scripture says God is love, they're not just telling us, oh, he's some nebulous, warm, little fuzzy feeling. No, when the scriptures were penned, they were saying that in this limited form of human love, that we think we'll find God, you can't, and you'll never be able to. In the fact that when we read God is love in the Bible, this means that God defines love. Not by some Webster dictionary, God is love. We mean that he is the very definition of love itself. There's no such thing, though, of true love without God and without a relationship with him. As hard as we might try, we can't define love outside of knowing God, truly knowing him. This essentially means that our human definition of love Now, hold on, because this might hurt some of your feelings and blow your little mind out. The human definition of love is false. It is wrong. Okay? The human definition is wrong. God's definition is right. He loves at all times, and it's unconditional. God is the creator of all things, and by his very nature, he is love. God says love is unconditional and sacrificial, and it is not based on feelings. Therefore, this love is not an intense affection based on familiar or personal ties or intimacy with just a person for a moment or a time. God's love transcends anything we could ever understand. But to understand this type of love, we've got to have a relationship with God. And we've got to know him. Not know of him, but know him. Know him. Know God through a personal relationship. And we can have that personal relationship when we put our faith in him. When we believe what he has said, that it is yes and amen. And that who was God's sacrifice of love for us. Jesus, put our faith in Jesus, the very one that gave his life for us. But true love only comes from a relationship with him, a true relationship. See, did you know that people can go to church for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and know of God, but not really know him, not really have a relationship? It's like they're here instead of here. Okay, there's a difference, okay? God is love. And as such, true love, which is God's love, can be summonsed up in this passage. So if they'll put up 1 John 4, 7 through 11 in the Amplified. Beloved. Now listen. Look up there and read it. Beloved. Let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love, and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. 
by this love of God was displayed in us in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the one of the only one of his kind into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation. That is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins. Fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. And see, and that's where we got to learn to make the exchange. First, you've got to let God love you, accept his love, believe his love for you, okay? Regardless of what you've done or where you've been, God loves you. You've got to get that revelation first because you can't love if you ain't first loved. And it's going to be hard for you to show daddy's love if you ain't accepting it yourself. So you've got to receive his love regardless. Get over whatever you've done. He has. He don't remember it, and the only one that keeps bringing it up is you. So accept God's love so that you can get that revelation like never before. Then begin to walk in it, and then go give it away. Now listen, God will help you because we can't love the way God loves without the revelation, but without his super on our natural. See, because there's going to be times you're going to have to say, God, I can't forgive them, but I need you to help me. I can't love them, but I need you to help me. And guess what? God will come along and say, I got your back. We can do this. He ain't asking you to do some impossible thing. He said, we can do this. God can begin to help you to forgive. God can begin to help us to love. In his love. Now, I'm going to tell you, Colossians 3, 4, Colossians 3, 12 through 14 in the message. Now, I'm going to tell you, I love this. Oh, man, I read this, and I read this, and I read this, and I was like, God, I'd never seen that before. So chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Put it on. Wrap yourself all up from the head to your toe. Wrap yourself up tight in the wardrobe of God's love and everything else will be taken care of. Everything else will be fixed. Everything else will be overturned and and be moved for your better, for your glory, for God's glory in your life. Put it on. Put it on. You need to get up every day and say, God, put on my garment of love for you. I'm wearing the garment of love. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter what this body says, no matter what my checkbook says, I'm going to be clothed in the love of God. And as I'm clothed in the love of God, I can forgive. I can love. I'm healed and made 
love. Never be without it. Never be without it. Put on the garment of love. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. So the Bible describes love. And we can see it in many ways. But another one is God is the essence of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth. When right and truth prevail, love bears all things, regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades. It never ends. But as far as prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. But God's love never, never, never will. This is God's description of love because God is love. And in 1 John 4, 8, it's what he's like. Read it. That's what he's like, love. Now, let me tell you, love and God and Jesus are, our inter- are all interchangeable. And it was funny because when Kelly was talking on Wednesday, I was like, I got that written down. That's what I'm going to talk about. Because, see, sometimes I think we really do forget that when we say God, it's love. When we say Jesus, that's love. It's all interchangeable. So when we say <coughs> love, God does not force himself on anyone. Those who come to him do it in response to his love. When we say love, God shows kindness to all. When we say love, which is Jesus, went about doing good to everyone without partiality. When we say love, which is Jesus, he did not covet what others had, living a humble life without complaining. When we say love, we're talking about Jesus did not brag about who he was in the flesh, although he could have, and he could have overpowered anyone at every time that he came in contact with, but he didn't. When we talk about love, we say God does not demand obedience. God did not demand obedience from his son, but rather Jesus willingly obeyed his father. And John 14, 31 in the message, it says, I've told you this ahead of time before it happens. So when it does happen, the confirmation will deepen your belief in me. I will not be talking with you much more like this because of the chief of this godless world is about to attack. But don't worry. He has nothing on me. No claim on me. But so the world might know how thoroughly I love the Father. I'm carrying out my Father's instructions right down to the last detail. Get up. Let's go. It's time to leave here. Love, which is Jesus, was and is always looking for your and my interest and for all of those in the world. He's looking out for the best interest. But guess what? He needs you and me to go tell of this love, go show of this love, go give of this love.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.